0: Go for it. All right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next
1: Time. I am your host, William, with my co host, Simon
0: McCormack. Nets Nation! Is it getting cold? Because I feel a draft!
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are back, as we are each and every Unrelenting Week, to bring you all things Nets Nation. And in what has become an annual tradition, the week before the draft, we are bringing back Draft Guru draft insider, his first ever big board going on, James Kelly.
2: James, what's up, guys? How you doing? <laughs> Great
1: to have you. Great to have you. Uh, we we like bringing you on for a number of reasons, um, but one big one for the draft is that Simon and I know practically nothing at all about the draft.
2: That's that's totally cool. That's pretty normal. I mean, the draft is one of my passions. I love, love, love the draft. As you remember from last year with my Cam Johnson takes, Hey looking pretty good.
1: That is looking pretty good. He was clowned <laughs> relentlessly when they when the Suns took him at ten or whatever last year, mm-hmm. and now he's pretty much locked in as like a long term starter for that team.
2: Oh, absolutely! It was obvious. It was obvious. He was a forty five percent three point shooter. He was six nine. It was just clear. Right. There's was, there was no doubt in my mind.
1: And who was his teammate? Was it like Kobe White or something like that? Who, when, yeah. when they drafted him, he had like that, that visible reaction where he's like, what the
2: fuck? Yeah, because it was wild. I was shocked. We were there. I was like shocked and just horribly disappointed. I, I haven't been that disappointed since. Honestly, <laughs> because I really thought he, I thought he was going to drop to the Nets. I thought the Nets were going to trade up. I just had this whole fantasy in my head of us of us moving up to like 19, which is the pick we had this year, right. and then grabbing him. But again, he went 11th, and, and that was the end of the story. I mean, I was I was validated. Yeah, you're
1: validated. But... Then that's why that's why we bring you on because you 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 hit on on sleepers like that. Another guy, I remember you were really high on uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Who yep. honestly, uh, you know, I don't watch watch a ton of Cleveland Cavaliers basketball, but from what I hear, he's probably the most promising of their young guys, and they have two lottery
2: picks on that team too. Yeah, I'd say he's better than Garland. Yeah. but Sexton is still very good. He's just you know, he's not he's not a point guard. He's a, he's a he's just the size of a point guard.
1: <laughs> right. Is he the one, he? He's like extremely fast. He's like Deon uh,
2: Deon Fox level fast, right? Yeah, he is. He's pretty fast. He's not that fast. There's a guy in this draft who's that fast, though.
1: Oh, i and see. So okay, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. not spoil it. Uh, <laughs> any other any other takes from last year that you're particularly proud of, and that would uh, would would convince listeners that you that you truly are
2: the the draft guru? Uh, I was talking about LeGent Stort. At 27. Oh, shit. Me
0: too. I saw yes, him.
2: You were huge on the against door.
0: Oh, my God. That guy, I, I just to see him is to know him. Uh, he, I can't believe he didn't get drafted. It was ridiculous. I mean, it's it's like, what what
2: are these front office offices doing that he doesn't get drafted, of all people? And Duncan Robinson as well. It's right, just, yeah. it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Because Duncan Robinson, he went off in the championship game on national television. Everyone watched him rain like seven threes in that game. And he still didn't get drafted. I mean,
1: doesn't make sense. I mean, honestly, coaching staffs have spent entire seasons trying to scheme up a way to stop James Harden, and the Thunder. All they had to do was put undrafted rookie Luang Dortz on him, and they completely shut him. I mean, not completely shut <laughs> him down, but but, but yeah, you know, you like you did, did a better job than pretty much any other defense against him has ever done absolutely, absolutely. All right. those are those are three th- three pretty big achievements from last i did year. have a miss though
2: oh. i did have a miss pj washington what you know oh, th- that's a
0: miss come
2: on people are hot 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 on him oh like yeah that. i wasn't a huge fan of him i thought that he was gonna be um oh right sort of meh i liked pj washington like at, i didn't like him in the lottery i liked him in like the 20s <laughs>
1: and now right. he's um arguably <laughs> arguably charlotte's best player uh, I mean, that's um, an incredibly low bar,
2: but... It is. It is. He's competing with the likes of Cody Zeller and Malik Monk.
1: And uh, Nicholas Batum. hmm um, Yeah, no, that's not a very good team. I hope they trade for uh, Russell Westbrook, though.
2: I, I actually like Russell Westbrook for them because if they can get Russell Westbrook and move up to get James Wiseman, it's a little bit of an interesting core right there in Charlotte. For the next yeah, two years, I think, the, I think the, Nets, the...
1: the Nets would need to be worried about making the playoffs if that happens. <laughs> uh,
2: no, I think the Hornets would need to be worried about making the playoffs if that happens. But <laughs> still, no,
1: that that There's is t- that t- is tantalizing. Um, okay, so this this draft episode, we are obviously going to we're we're not going to go through your full full big board though we hope to hear did
2: 30 guys
1: we hope <laughs> to hear much of it uh, but we we got to we're going to focus on on nets and nets adjacent players i have a, about 1 million questions for you about this because again mm-hmm. i haven't done the research you have but before we before we get into individual players do you think uh, and simon you can answer this after james as well do you think the nets are going to keep the 19th pick
2: I, mm, I don't know. I I really I value the nineteenth pick this year. I think there's a lot of good value there mm-hmm. at nineteen. Um, but I also think that there's a big chance that we move up Ooh. by trading Jared Allen or Spencer oh, Dembly. One or the other. Uh, there's a couple scenarios that I think are very possible for that to happen. And I also think it's possible that we just again trade it and dump it and and use it with to maybe upgrade Torian Prince. Or upgrade Spencer Dimity. Uh
1: Yeah, what we'll do you see. think about this? The Spencer Spencer tweets that sort of suggest he's out of here.
2: Um, I think that there might be something that's like already decided, and we just don't know about. it. I
0: completely. I
1: think Simon uh, Simon and I agree with that. Don't you? Isn't that right, Simon?
0: Yes, I, I would be shocked if he is on this team next week.
1: Yeah, I I know that um in a couple Wind Horse podcasts ago he had said explicitly like he knows of at least one deal that's already done. And then Spencer Spencer has been putting those tweets out and I just some nagging feeling in inside of me is just like that is the Spencer deal. Like Spencer is somewhere else.
2: Absolutely. And I mean why I, he's a six six point guard. He's an expiring contract. And he definitely has incredible value around the league. There's no doubt in my mind that teams want him. I bet you you can get more value for Spencer Dimwitty than Russell Westbrook at this point. Oh, totally.
1: I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, he's not yeah. obviously he's not as as good, but he's more valuable because he, you're not taking on whatever he's Russell's making, thing yeah. is, like eighty nine million dollars in two seasons or something. Yeah. Like that.
2: Spencer Dimwitty makes thirty million less next year right. than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <That's> amazing.
1: <laughs> and Simon, so that, what do you, I guess do you that makes me. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Simon, do you think we're, we're keeping the 19th?
0: No, I think that that is going to be a uh, sweetener for a Torian Prince dump.
1: Oof. That's cynical, my friend. I
2: strongly disagree. <laughs> I don't think that's happening at all. Okay. I don't think that's happening at all. I like, I think cause
1: I like the idea that they're moving up.
2: I, I think there's a lot of guys in this draft that I would move up for. A lot of guys in this draft that I would move up for. Okay. Particularly. Okay. I, I, <laughs> <just stated.
1: laughs> I can't wait. But I want, before we get into details, I just have a couple more annoying questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Nets are drafting. Let's say they're drafting in the first round. It might be 19th. It might be moving up somewhere in the first round. Do you think that they should be drafting for fit? Do you think they should be drafting best available? a guy who can play now or a development guy?
2: Um, I think it depends. If you're moving up, I want you to take, I, I, it has to be fit. You okay. know, if you're moving up, you're going for a guy that's that's going to contribute in, this, in these championship runs that are coming up. But if you stick at 19, there's like a couple of, you know, swing for the fences picks of that 19, such as Pokusevsky or uh, Jaden McDaniels, where you could really just go for the future and, and try to build up that next era. maybe Maybe he comes in three years from now and is an impact player.
1: Okay. You said it. Pokashevsky. Is, yeah. is that the, is that po- the pronunciation? I think so.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: seven foot one, right? Seven mm-hmm. foot one, seven foot three wingspan. He plays somewhere in Europe, right?
2: He plays in Greece.
1: Plays in Greece. I Lovely play. Greece. Okay. Um, weighs... I don't know. Less than at least two people on this call. Absolutely. Uh, um, <laughs> what What do you see as uh, the Pogchetsky upside?
2: I mean, what what can't you see as the Pokeshevsky upside? Like the 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 upside is 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 a superstar. Okay, I it, I can't state that enough. But like the upside is a guy who is seven foot one. Genuinely coming off screens like Joe Harris creating in the, in the fast break, a uh, beautiful passer, big, capable of creating his own shot, shot blocker, lateral quickness, just a do it all big if he puts it all together. But that's a huge if, because again, he's like, you know, like Giannis, he was, he's playing against guys that, that sell milk in the day. And so <laughs> you just it's just, you, you don't know what's going on there. And, and that's why he's the he's the biggest or bust prospect. And I think I mean, it's obvious when you watch him. Are,
0: are you concerned about his sickly child arms? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they are the smallest childlike arms I've ever seen on any kind of basketball player that is being talked about getting drafted. Everything about him excites me and concerns me. (laughs) The most tantalizing
1: form of excitement, one that also terrifies. (laughs) He's the sublime.
2: Yeah, I would swing for him at 19, but I wouldn't trade up for him. I'll put it that way. I wouldn't give up someone that I know is a good basketball player for him. Got it. But you think there's there's a chance he falls to 19? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams that are ahead of us, that I think are liable to just go for it, like right. Boston, like Dallas, uh, maybe even Orlando, Sacramento. You know, Sacramento is always up to something. I, I yeah. I don't. I don't think he lasts,
1: Simon. So it sounds like your take on his arms uh, has you kind of out <laughs> on on the, the Serbian seven footer.
0: Well, I don't. I mean, I, just. You know, I'm, I've got a bad taste in my mouth about the the Euro kids like uh, Musa has never been good and there's never been a time where I thought he could possibly be good. Uh, rody though, he was per- perfectly fine. He was pretty decent in the bubble, had an off year. Um, I just feel like so often with the with the Euro players, they they just are a bust. And yes, his his physique is extremely worrying to me i understand you would not be drafting him to be immediately um, impactful um but uh it just is worrying to me
1: fair enough fair enough okay so to start on people connected with the nets james we're gonna go Mm -hmm. with the athletics alex schiffer's five guys who are closely connected with the nets i'd like your take on on, on each of these guys. Tell us if you think there's a chance the Nets could get him, if they, if they should get him, etc. All okay. right. All right. First Late one. 90. First one. We've mentioned him. Sadiq Bey, six foot eight, forward from Villanova. Uh, he's a man of God. I was reading a, a profile about him recently. Uh, he apparently very into the Joker soundtrack.
2: Really? And
1: Frank Sinatra. That's what he listens to pre-game.
2: I, I love the Joker soundtrack. That's life. I play that like once a week at least.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so you and Sadiq Bey, uh, you have some sort of connection there. What what do you think? Is there is there a chance we get him at nineteen? Should we get him at nineteen? He can he can he can shoot the three ball.
2: Oh yeah, he can shoot the three ball. His shot's a little wonky though it's really low and it's really sort of like a push shot that extends out like in front of his body. So I could see it becoming an issue in the NBA, but he has like real size for the wing. He's, he's kind of a do-it-all wing. He's a, he's a really, really good defender. He's capable of creating no his own shot. He's capable of passing. He's versatile. He can guard, you know, one to four. He can shoot it. He's, he's, a, he's a monster. I don't think that there's any chance that we get him. I don't think there's any chance that like, that, like Orlando gets him at 15. Right, you know, I think he's. I think he's guaranteed to go in the in the top twelve, in my opinion. I, I yeah, I from
1: 10. from you have him ranked ten on your big board. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be that would be nice too. Just you could mention where you have these guys on yours. It from everything I've read, he seems sort of like the quintessential guy teams are looking for right now, like a a big lanky three and D wing.
2: Yeah, but see, that's, that's, there's more than that because he is such a good shooter. He is so good at, at creating his own shot that you can really look at him and, and imagine a star there. Yeah. And so that's why I think he's going to go high. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top ten. I really wouldn't be surprised. Right,
1: that. and and he's—I mean, you know—it wasn't—it was a profile, a pretty favorable profile that I read. But it seemed like he's, you know, a guy who works really hard, has always been sort of overlooked, and has, you know, but has like put the work in to to get where he's at. So
2: Actually, very Anderson intriguing. Villanova.
1: And he's Villanova. And he's Villanova.
2: And those guys are good.
1: Those guys tend to be very pretty good in the pros. Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next one, and this is sort of the the opposite on uh, uh, on a character level. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about these guys. This guy might be an incredible human being. I don't know, but he has mm-hmm. is rumored to be a, a, a little bit of a a diva. R.J. Hampton of the New Zealand Breakers, six foot five guard, coming out of high school, he was like one of the top few prospects, right? Mm-hmm. And has fallen pretty significantly, but is getting a lot of uh I don't know. A lot of rumors about him potentially coming to the Nets. What's what's your take on RJ Hampton?
2: I'm also a big fan of R. J. Hampton. <laughs> he's gonna take a little he's gonna take a little time though. He's like Dimwitty, you know, he's literally that's that's the best count for him because he's a he's a six five, six six guard. He's lightning quick with the ball. He really can get up there and like dunk and finish. I'm a huge fan of him. I just don't know if he's a k- k- playmaker yet. So he's gonna have to come into the league and he's gonna really have he's gonna have to work on a shot, he's gonna have to work on his decision making, his playmaking. But the athletic tools are there, the ball handling is there, the explosion is there. I'm I'm a big fan of him. I have him ranked right now, I have him fourteenth on my list. Ooh. and I think that I think that he could go higher. He's another guy that could go because he's you know, people love big guards. And he's definitely a big guard and he, he just has to work on a shot and if he if he can hit jump shots like at a Spencer Dinwiddie level,
1: <laughs> right? Which, which is high, no, it's not great. Which no. is a
2: really, which is a really low bar. Suddenly, he becomes very, very dangerous. Three-way, 3 three-level three scorer, and and I'm, I'm a fan. I, I'd, I'd I'm it if very he was, I mean, intrigued. I trade Spencer We.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm extremely intrigued by R. J. Hampton. Simon, are you in on the New Zealand breaker, R. J. Hampton?
0: Uh, I would be fine with him, but I, there are people who I like much more. I, I, I worry that from, from the things that I read about him, that he could quickly become a just empty calorie, um, kind of a moose. I understand he's more athletic, but just a guy who you're like, yeah, he can kind of score, but he in the NBA is not an efficient scorer and he's not going to do anything else. Um, and you'd have to, yeah, like you said, you taking a big bet on his shooting, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm lukewarm. There's definitely question marks. I don't, I don't want him as a,
2: I don't want him as my like primary decision maker at this point. He needs to prove that first. And also I don't really trust his shooting, but I just think he's going to be so good at just taking it to the rack and finishing mm-hmm. that is. And at his height and with his ball handling ability, you, you, I'm, I'd take the risk. You know, Dimwitty wasn't the best in college either. And so and I, I, I see it with him. I definitely see an NBA player there.
1: Yeah, I just I uh, I know virtually nothing about him other than that he was a super uh a super high prospect coming out of high school, which always just tantalizes me.
2: He was, and then he went to he decided to go to play in Australia so he could get paid because you know the NCAA doesn't pay their players. Not and not so, officially, yeah. Yeah, not if not officially, but according to James Wiseman they do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so he went there and he was sort of he sort of stunk it up down in Australia. Yeah, but he didn't was playing have a great you know, year. Mm-mm. No, but he was playing against grown men in an established league, and and his jump shot is a little wonky. But I've heard it gotten better. That's the rumor on the street. Okay,
1: so. I'm in. I'm in on RJ Hampton. Next guy, six foot three guard from North Carolina had a massively disappointing season in college. Point guard Cole Anthony.
2: Where is he on your big board? He's twenty third on my big board. Okay. So I'm not a huge fan. I have. One, two, three, four, five. I have six guards, six point guards over him. Wow. On my big board. (laughs) Okay. But I also, I also can see it with him because he was in such a terrible situation there. Like, if you look at it, if you look at it, it looks like they're playing like the the way that his teammates were spread out on the floor looks like the NBA in the 1980s. Just like two guys trying to post up at the same time. The shooting guard is, is, is spacing it at the elbow near the free throw line. (laughs) Right. And, and he's just trying to drive into this this just massive clump of people and, and finish it. And so that's, that resulted in like a lot of just, just terrible shooting percentages. So maybe in the NBA with more space, he'll be better. Right. Um, and, I, and I can see it. I can see it. I would move, I could, you could talk me into moving him up on my board. I really think this draft has a lot of depth from like 10 to 25,
1: personally. He, he was a stud before college, right? He was like one of the top yeah. three or four guys out of high school.
2: Yeah, like 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 he was like like if you had him if you looked at a mock draft from uh, last September, right? That was pre-COVID. That's uh-huh. when things happened. Okay, last yeah, last probably. September, <laughs> last September he would be in the top five.
1: Um, so what about like uh, Tyrell Terry? Is he ahead?
2: Yeah, I have Terry at sixteen because Terry is Terry is going to come in in the NBA and he's going to have a skilled. Immediately, and that's just that's that's so valuable. He's gonna be able to come off screens. He's gonna be able to run the pick and roll. And then when you have a shot like that, that's just like smooth. And he's he's a real shooter because he shoots like ninety percent from free throw line, forty percent from three on high volume. When you have a shot like that, people have to respect you. And so when you so he's gonna be able to drive it because people are gonna bite at his pump fakes. They're gonna be playing really high up on him. He's gonna be able to run the pick and roll efficiently because bigs are gonna opposing bigs are gonna have to jump out on him and hedge. It's it's. He's going to come in and I think he's going to be effective right away with the ceiling you, as well.
0: Do you think he's going to last?
2: What do you mean? To 19? Uh, uh, to 19? Yeah. I think there's a chance. He There's a higher chance of him lasting in the ninth, much higher than Bay because of the issue with this year is that the point guard depth is really good in the draft and the point guard depth in the NBA is really good as well. Uh-oh, James. That they want to run already. So –
1: you're you're kind of you're, you cut, you're cutting out for for a second.
0: Oops!
2: Wait, what did I? Where did you lose me?
0: Uh, the point guard depth in the NBA is very good. Oh yeah, As the well. point guard depth in the NBA is also really
2: good. So that's, what, that's the that's that's the scenario where he drops is that there's just too many teams that are above Brooklyn that have a point guard that they love and they just don't want to use a um you know a lottery pick which is there's only three picks in between us and the lottery or four picks in between us and the lottery and they don't want to use a lottery pick on on a backup so you're not going to see so he might drop but also uh, we have Dallas right ahead of us and and Dallas is one of the teams that does need a point guard so unless Pokusevsky is still there right or like, so, <laughs> yeah so okay.
1: so that does beg the question do the nets need another point guard
2: um, maybe if that Dinwiddie <laughs> is true, that Dinwiddie stuff is true. Right. Maybe. Right. Maybe. I, I, I like him a lot. I don't know if he's the best fit for the Nets, but he would be, he would be if Dinwiddie's traded, he would be a good fit.
1: All right. I'm going to go to the next guy. He's a bigger boy. Jalen Smith, 6'10 forward out of Maryland. Who wants it? Who needs it? Where is he at on your board?
2: I do. He's 12th <laughs> on my board. Holy crap. I
0: love me some sticks, okay? <laughs> I love Simon loves some that nickname. <laughs> it's a worrying <laughs> nickname for me, James. Can you assuage the, the worries about his stick legs? So his, his legs aren't that skinny. It's not that they're – I wouldn't say that his legs are are freakishly
2: skinny, but he does have like a very high center of gravity. So he has, he's one of those guys, he's like Giannis, you know, he has long legs and a short torso, but then his torso is also like, really his, his shoulders are so wide. He has like a true, true, like NBA center frame. And so, but with like these really long legs. And so that's where he gets like the, the sticks nickname, but he can, he can shoot it like really well. He shot, he shot like 38% from, college and from the college from the front line, if I understand it. He's a lob catcher, like Jared Allen. He's a legitimate shock blocker. And again, he has that NBA frame where he can, you can realistically look at him and imagine him putting on even more weight and becoming one of those true, like, you know, the modern unicorn where you can roll to the rim and you can pop out and you can block shots and switch a little bit on defense. I'm a huge, huge Jalen Smith fan, and I don't think he gets past um, New Orleans at 13. <laughs>
1: hmm. Simon, it sounds like you're a little more skeptical of the stick
0: uh i i you know i i he's up there actually for me um i i yes was was worried about like his he's kind of the opposite right james of some of the people we've talked about who are you you can see who who have like raw athleticism have Mm -hmm. raw talent that like if they can put some things together they could be good he seems like he has like Things like he's a good shooter, he's a good, he had like good block numbers. This is like the, the person we've talked about so far that has like the best raw numbers, um, yeah, like average like 11 rebounds and whatever. Like he's actually done stuff that you can like quantify and see, um, but he's not very athletic. He may have like a low um, ceiling kind of guy. Is that Fair to say, well, I don't know. I mean, I think the thing, the thing about him is that he was actually like a high,
2: a highly touted prospect coming out of high school. Um, He's a sophomore from my understanding, but he had like a really bad freshman year. And so people Mm -hmm. were, became down on him, but then he bounced back his sophomore year and he's just become like a, like a true, like number one option in college. And so I don't know. I mean, with, with your big man, you can't really like, you know, you never want your big man to be your, your main guy. Unless it's like the true Joel Embiid type, but and he, Unless he's like I, I a DeAndre a Jordan type, you know? Yeah, or a DeAndre Jordan type—the yeah. type where you, you you know you trade you, better you, young you players be- for him. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> you dump all your youth to keep him on at a bloated contract mm-hmm. because he's friends with people.
2: <laughs> you pay him ten times what a what a equivalent player would get on the market. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, okay, I'm
1: liking I'm liking Jalen Smith a little more after hearing <laughs> hearing what you said about him. Now I got another guy who's been linked to the Nets a lot, Desmond Bain, six six guard, out of TCU. He's he's one of the rare NBA uh, players who has a shorter wingspan than um, than height. He has a six five wingspan. It's similar to me in that I mean I'm not an NBA player, but I do have a shorter wingspan than uh, than height. Um, so anyway, <laughs> convince me that Desmond Bain or where is Desmond Bain on, on your board?
2: Desmond Bain on my board is around like, let's say 20. I, I, I struggle with him a little bit because I, I, I think there's real potential there to be a star, but he, he, to me, he's not going to, people keep comparing him to like Joe Harris, but I don't think he's going to be Joe Harris. He doesn't, he doesn't rise up high enough on a shot. He doesn't come off screens aggressive enough, in my opinion, but he does like sort of resemble Joe Harrison that he's, he has this sort of like in between game where he, you know, he pump fakes and then he drives and he dishes a little bit. So he's really, he's, and he, he's also a really good defender. So he's, he's one of those guys, he's a senior and you know, I love seniors because I think they're undervalued. And so he's going to, he's going to come to the NBA and he's going to be, he's going to be a rotation player right away. But I just don't think he's – I don't know if he's going to be that Joe Harris coming off screens or if he's going to be more of a spot-up shooter slash secondary creator. And so that's why I'm not, like, clamoring for him, you know, because I'm looking for – if I'm looking for a shooter, I want a, I want a Joe Harris shooter, and I have a guy like that in this draft. But I have him much higher, and <laughs> we could talk about him later.
1: Well, who is it?
2: It's Aaron Neesmith.
1: Okay, that's the next oh, guy I was gonna yeah. ask. So he's been he's been mm-hmm. he's on the uh, Kevin O'Connor uh, big board. Is nineteenth, 6'6 with a six ten wingspan, can shoot the lights out. That's all I know. What? Else? Tell me more about Aaron
2: Nesmith. If you watch him play, the way he comes off screens is just so aggressive. He looks like JJ Redick right now. He's 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 big. He's strong. So he has, he's, he's six foot six and he has that six ten wingspan, like you said, but he also has like this real small forward frame where, where he's just, you know, guys bounce off of him sometimes. And so I think with him, there's true star potential there as, as that, like, you know, almost clay Thompson light type of player. And again, in college, he, he was taking his, uh, his sophomore season, he was taking eight threes a game and making over 50% of them which is just absurd. But unfortunately it was only for 14 games that he did that because he got injured afterwards. So we need to know if that is a real number, if that's a, you know, just sample size issue, but he's, he's the type of guy, true star potential in my opinion. Wow. So where do you have him? Yeah, I have him ninth.
1: Ninth. Okay. So he, of all the guys we've talked about so far, Aaron Nesmith is at the top of your (coughs) list
2: absolutely cuz i just think that 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 ability to come off screens is so valuable so valuable and to do it with a to do it with a true nba body where you're not going to be a liability on defense where you're going to be able to do other things that's the reason i was so high on cameron johnson last year is because he did it with an nba body and most of the time you see these guys like like joe harris has an nba body but he's definitely a 2 you know he's not going to be a 1 he's not really a 3 he's 100% a 2 jj redick is a 2 uh, you know like guys like that are 2 so what i want what i'm looking for is a guy who is a who is a three or maybe even a four big enough, strong enough to guard multiple different positions. And then on the offensive end it is one of those guys where, he, you know, the whole, the whole defense is, is scrambling and chasing him around as he comes off screens and just totally blowing up the defensive coverage. Like you saw Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero do for the Miami heat this year in the finals. And so I think that he can do that. And then I think that he can come in and, and really develop this in between game because he is so aggressive because he is so strong. Where he has, where he has more of that. He has more shot creating ability, more of a driving ability, that that really has screen star potential to me as a two way player.
0: Nice. Why do you think? Why do you think people are not as high on him like Kevin O'Connor is, as as uh, William said? Well, is... me, see me and Kevin O'Connor. We, if, if we were friends, we would have beef. I, I really <laughs> like. I, I am.
2: I am personally offended by his big board. I've heard a personally lot of offended. people react like that. I I, I really I like I wouldn't say it's a fireable offense, but if if I were Bill Simmons, I would definitely reassign him to a different (laughs) um, field of basketball analysis. And so I guess that brings me to my first my my biggest gripe with him is is having Killian Hayes at number one. Yes. I just I can't even fathom how anyone would look at Killian Hayes and think that guy is a is a guaranteed nba player and not even that but think that guy is a guaranteed nba player and worthy of the number one pick it's just crazy to me it's just crazy yeah. he, to me to me killian hayes i have him if i could be honest like I, I i really had to like do some soul, soul- <laughs> because i was so pulsed by like, the Kevin O'Connor and the, and the subsequent Twitter, <laughs> Twitter hype of, of you know, these, these amateur draft analysts on Twitter just this piling on to the Killian Hayes number one overall bandwagon. Right. I, right now, have him ranked
1: 26th. That would have him lower than anyone else we've talked about.
2: Yeah. I'm not a Killian Hayes guy. I think he's a poor man's D'Angelo Russell. He's, a, he's D'Angelo Russell with all the D'Angelo Russell flaws and a much worse shot-making ability. And so that's why that's why I just I I lost it when I saw them. I couldn't believe what I was looking. At. Well,
1: you you can't you can't bring up D'Angelo Russell without interesting
2: me a little bit. <laughs> but do you remember? Do you remember what it was like to watch D'Angelo Russell try to create his own shot and not get anywhere? It was transcendent. Just,
1: I uh, I could just, watch him take mid-range floaters because he can't actually get to the basket or draw a foul for the rest of my basketball watching life
2: that's what Killian Hayes is going to be like, except D'Angelo Russell shot like 41% from three in college and Killian Hayes is out here in, in the, in the, you know, the French league shooting 29% and Kevin O'Connor is falling over himself for Killian Hayes at number one. I just can't, I can't, I can't. (laughs) So out of curiosity,
1: who's your, who's your number one?
2: My number one is James Wiseman. James Wiseman. Okay. He has, I I saw some
1: pictures of him recently and he is mm -hmm. jacked.
2: Oh Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's a monster. And I think people, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to say like, Oh, the center is done. Centers are gone. And so people are like, Oh, I'm dropping James Wiseman. I see that. That's another one of my gripes with Kevin O'Connor. He had, he had James Wiseman. At one point I saw him mock James Wiseman outside of the top 10 and I was just like, Oh my God, this is, it's, it's, it's professional incompetence. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> Simon, who is your, who's your number one? Are you a
0: LaMelo dude? Uh, yeah, that's who I would pick. I, I I you, you got to go big or go home. I uh, I I don't really know anything about the people at the top. I speaking of uh, people though who who could have um, massive upside. Uh, you mentioned him before, um, James. I'm curious what your take is on Jaden McDaniels because that to me is like if we're not getting a Sadiq Bey or somebody who's an immediate plug-in and player. Um, I would want to get somebody who who has upside.
2: He definitely has upside. I, I like Jaden McDaniels. I don't know if I don't know if he's as likely to reach his upside to me to justify taking him over guys who are maybe more guaranteed. But um, like when you have a six ten guy that can really dribble like him, that can create shots like him, even though his shot is a little wonky, it's a little inconsistent, and it's, it's, his his decision making is horrific. You know mm-hmm. he takes these, he takes these like like you know Spencer Dinwiddie fadeaway three point shot. Well, not three point shots, but he takes like Spencer Dinwiddie fadeaway, fadeaway mid ranges like at the end of the shot clock, but it's not the end of the shot clock. <laughs> yeah, type shots. And and I'm a, but I'm I mean you get a six ten guy like that can move like him. Uh, if if we took him at nineteen, I would not be upset at
1: all. Wait, where do you have him, where
2: I, do you have him on your board? I have him twenty one.
1: Twenty one, okay. 21.
2: Above Killian Hayes.
1: <laughs> Above Killian Hayes.
2: Man. <laughs> Listen, I had to do I, I, I like I don't want I, I wanna like e- like examine my personal biases against Killian Hayes and like and like see if this is if this is actually like me evaluating it or if this is just my disgust. Right. Like did putting, putting it, it, him down there. It seems like it
1: gave you D'Angelo Russell PTSD. It triggered it did. that. No,
2: it did. It triggered that. It triggered that and I never want to experience that again. I mean, D'Angelo I mean, was the number two pick. He was, he was, but he produced at a level that was much higher than the level that Killian Hayes produced in in France. And Killian Hayes, I I, I saw this that that Killian Hayes turned the ball over on twenty five percent of his possessions. Twenty five percent
1: of
2: his possessions. That, <laughs> like, that is a not a
1: sustainable rate. I wouldn't say.
2: And look, I'm probably going to be wrong about this. Like, I think I, I think I've gone too far in the other direction. But I just, I mean, I have him. I have, I think it's six or seven point guards over him that I would rather have. Okay, here's a point and, guard, and I truly mean that. <laughs> here's a
1: point guard that's been that's been linked to the Nets. That I, I'm curious what you think about uh, Malachi Flynn, six uh, foot,
2: six foot,
1: six foot one, six
2: foot one. Anything? I don't have him. I don't have him in my top thirty. Okay, he he's a low he's a low ceiling guy to me. Okay, um, and and I don't I'm not interested in low ceiling guys who also can't touch the ceiling because he's six foot one. Right,
1: so. <laughs> because because you're taller than them.
2: Yeah, basically. Even though <laughs> I mean I'm I'm around six foot one myself, but still I can't no, I can't I can't justify taking a six foot one guy at this point in the draft unless like at nineteen unless he has real potential. And I don't see it with Malachi Flint. He's just, he's, you know, he's a decent floor general. Maybe he's going to come in and be, be a TJ McConnell, be, be a guy like a DJ Augustine. Who's, you know, he's going to run your, he's going to run your backup unit and he's not going to turn over the ball horrifically, but he's just really not the high upside pick that I'm looking for.
1: Fair. Okay. Uh, Two other guys that have been linked to the nets in the first round that I want your take on one, Josh green, six foot six with a six ten wingspan can light it up, Arizona.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Josh Green. I, I just don't see the star potential with him. Like I, if if, like I see he's going to, he's going to come into the NBA. He's going to be a good player immediately. I think his defense is a little bit overrated. Uh, I think his three point shot is, it's a little weird. Like his footwork on it is weird. His legs are like really splayed. You know, like when a giraffe drinks down, like <laughs> men's down to drink some water. Right. That's what his three point shot looks like. But like, it's like, he's doing a squat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, you're, you're, you're not selling me pure. on him here no i mean i i'd take him if we were around like 27 but at 19 there's going to be guys there right i, I, I don't want to take him when there's the other guys available. All he's, right. how, again, about, he's, he's how about, another one um, of those oh, how go about leandro
1: balmaro no no out fully out no. fully out simon i feel like i feel like um you might like him. He's from Argentina like our our other stash. Um what's his name? Juan Pablo?
0: Juan Pablo Valle. Yeah. LA. <laughs> Juan Pablo Valle, yeah. <laughs> I I I don't know anything about him.
1: Oh okay. <laughs> great, great, great.
2: <laughs> He's a little weird. I I I will take him with a second rounder maybe if I'm if but I don't know what I'm going to do with him when he comes into the NBA. <laughs> it's just like what is his role, you know? No, totally. like I, a, I don't know. I don't know anything about him really either. He's like, he's an unathletic. Uh, he has, he has NBA size, not doesn't have NBA athleticism. His shot isn't consistent. He has good playmaking skills, but again, he's playing, he's playing with, you know, the local rec and, and, and yeah, I'm just, I don't buy it at this point. Not, not enough to invest the first rounder personally.
1: Okay. So who is on your, on your big
2: board? Who is 19th? Nineteen. My, uh, my big word is uh, Patrick Williams. Actually, oh. but, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but now everyone's getting all uh, worked up yeah. about
2: Patrick Williams, aren't they? They are. They really are. And is I think it just like, I think is
1: it just groupthink? What's happening here?
2: I don't know if it's groupthink. I think people are talking themselves into the idea of him as a as like a switchy four but he's just not that he's not, he's, he's, he's going to be a guy that can't switch onto guards on defense. I think it's the opposite. People, people look at him and he's gotten this reputation as like a versatile defender with, with, you know, the size NBA size of like a, of a four power forward, but he does, he's not a versatile defender. He, he he'll get blown by like Karis Levert will blow by him. No, no doubt. Without a doubt. Like,
1: yeah. And, and for all, for all 17 and, games he plays.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But those 17 <laughs> games mean something.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. But that's the thing. It's like, I mean, no, no, no. To put it in perspective, if if he switched on to D'Angelo Russell, I would feel pretty confident about D'Angelo Russell getting to the right.
1: Oh, that is uh, quite Ouch. an indictment coming from you.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't buy it. But the, the, the thought process behind him, he's he's being drafted purely because of his age. Purely because he's the youngest player in the draft. And his his age and his and his size and his, the idea of him as a like a stretch four that can switch if somehow he magically gains lateral quickness.
0: He, uh, do you he, think? How, if...
1: You, oh, sorry, go ahead, Simon.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say, do you find him similar to Cam Reddish in that people are very much into him because he has an NBA body and not necessarily uh, a proven track record of being good? Yeah, he he,
2: he was. I mean, he was good in college. I think that people are I think he's a he's a really big risk cuz there's a, there's a chance that he is just a defensive liability on switches. And but Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish I think cuz Cam Reddish is different. Cam Reddish had like like a tantalizing talent, you know. He was a shot creator, 6 foot 9, um, much quicker. Mm-hmm. I would I would have Cam Reddish much higher than Patrick Williams.
1: Right. I mean cover. Cam Reddish had a bad start to his rookie it, year but it, ended yeah. up
2: doing all right, didn't he? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I'm not all the way out on Patrick Williams. Like, if we got Patrick Williams, I'd be happy. But I'm also, but also, if I had the eighth pick and and Detroit took Patrick Williams at seven, I would be ecstatic.
0: <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> um, Simon, were there any other people linked to the Nets that you had questions about?
0: Uh, no, we hit on we hit on all of them. Uh, James, who are who
1: are some who are some other people in that who you think might be in that range who you're interested in?
2: Um the guy that I'm really, really interested in for us is uh actually Tyler Bay. I really, really like Tyler Bay. I don't know if you guys have he's like he's the um the bizarro bay. It's weird because I've never heard the I've never heard of the last name Bay B E Y until this draft. And there's two guys. And there's two. <laughs> there's two of them. And they both are are like six foot seven wings. And so Tyler Bay was um he he's a little bit of a weird prospect because he he sort of like played he played a lot in the dunker spot as a um, in college, but he projects as a wing in the NBA. And so he didn't take many three pointers. He only took one three pointer a game, but he made it at a forty percent clip. But that's uh-huh. not why I'm interested in drafting him. The reason I'm interested in drafting him is because he was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Ooh. At six foot seven, he's someone who is he's someone who can actually switch on the guards. Not like Patrick Williams. Where you're, where you're hoping and praying that he's going to switch on the guards. Tyler Bay is going to come in and switch on the guards on the regular. He's a shot blocker at six foot seven. He's, he's, he's active in passing lanes. I, I think that he really could end up being an impact player day one on the defensive end. And again, with his hype, with his crazy athleticism, he's going to be a lob target. So he can play in that dunker spot as a or as a cutter. And his shot is, is it's, it's, his, his free throw percentage isn't bad. His three point shot, even though he only made one a game, was at forty percent, and and the shot looks good. So I think there's a there's a good chance that he's going to turn into you know that corner spot up shooter, but also a truly truly like maybe all defensive player.
1: Yeah, yeah. Type guy. One point five steals, one point two blocks, nine rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and twenty nine minutes. A monster.
0: And That's... a seven-foot-one wingspan for, mm-hmm. for a podcast that loves wingspan. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, and, he, and
1: he was He's born in Las Vegas, Nevada, which, you know, hats off <laughs> to you there. Uh, see, James, this is why we bring you on. These are the deep yeah. cuts. These are the, the mm-hmm. hidden gems that you're not going to get on your ringer and your your athletic big boards. We need a yeah. try
2: Kevin O'Connor doesn't have him in the first round, and I'm just like, I, I can't. I, I understand not having him high in the first round, but but come on, Toronto is going to take him at twenty-seven if he's still there. I don't, I don't think there's no doubt in my mind. Uh,
1: yeah, and we need, him, we need we need desperately
2: guy. some
1: defense on this team.
2: Yeah. and I'd take him at nineteen happily. I'd happily take him at nineteen. And I thought about I thought about actually like I think that you know I know we shouldn't trade with the Celtics because of PTSD. But if, if the Celtics want to move up to 19 and give us 26 and 30 and, and I can reasonably assume that Tyler Bay is going to be there at 26, I'd do it.
1: Yeah. That's pretty intriguing. Mm-hmm. I'd be in. You've convinced me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I like him. Interesting.
2: I, uh, I really like him. I think he's super underrated. I think if this was like, if this is like twenty 2010, he'd be in this lottery. I love this guy. Yeah, he's good.
1: <laughs> Should we start the Bay Hive?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm totally down to be a part of the Bay Hive. He's, oh, my God. No, I'm telling you, if, he, if he's on Brooklyn, he's not going to be pulling a Rodion's Kourouks playing, playing once every 10 games. You know, he's going to be getting minutes.
1: He's going to be in there. Well, yeah. <clears throat> as we know all of the players that are associated in any of these mocks with the Nets will never actually be drafted by Sean Marks. Sean Marks is going to do some yep. wild shit on draft night. <laughs> and it seems like this might be the type of wild thing he, he could go for.
2: It would be really, really savvy. Really, I love really it. savvy. I love and there's it. another guy. There's another guy that I have like ranked similarly. Yeah. And I think is also, um, he could even be better on defense. And okay. that's Paul Reed.
1: Okay. Let, uh, James, pretend. Pretend like I don't know <laughs> who that is, okay? T- okay. T- tell me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> going to pretend. Put on your, your so, drama hat and pretend for a minute.
2: So Paul, Paul Reed is a six-foot-nine physical specimen. From my understanding, he may have averaged like 3.5 stocks or like four stocks, you know, like steals and blocks per game. Defensive monster okay he can and he's also really good at driving and finishing so he's he may or may not be a center but the reality is that if he is a center he's gonna be one of those centers where he can switch all all the time and everywhere so he is six nine i think he has a seven foot two wingspan he's a shot blocker he's really active in passing lanes he locks up opposing players um the issue with him is his jump shot is just broken <laughs> like it's like uh it's like, imagine if, if Michael kid gilchrist shot his jump shot, but at a regular angle, Oh, boy. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have yeah, that bad, a free throw
1: percentage.
2: That's my, that's the thing. That's what gives me, that's what gives me hope on him. And I think that if you take his jump shot and you fix it and all he, ha- all he can do is hit, all he has to do is hit corner threes and then, and then cut and catch these, you know, these high flying lob dunks. Suddenly he's, he's another guy that I think has, you know, all defensive team potential and and can be a positive on the offensive end at the power forward position, which is wow. we always know we've, we've been searching for a power forward for six seven years now. Yeah, so. he,
1: he he You're right. He had four average four point five stocks. Yeah, amazing. I'm fully yeah. in on this guy too. <laughs> I, that's no, that's that's my thought <laughs>
2: process. <is> that, <laughs> I'm revealing my thought process now is that if I if I can take nineteen. Move back to twenty six and thirty, and guarantee that I can get Tyler Bay and Paul Reed. I'm doing
1: it. I mean, those are the, those are the exact things that the type of players that this team needs. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And I'm
2: really kind of shocked that they're in the that they're in the, they're in the second round. And some and someone who I really respect and enjoy reading his stuff, Sam Bassini from the Athletic. Yeah, huge fan. That's my favorite. That's my favorite NBA writer. Yeah, um, me too. He I has like his the game, game, game theory. His podcast is really good. Mm-hmm it's, it's, yeah, I I listen to that every day. Um, his, uh, he has him really, really low, but that's because he doesn't buy the jump shot and he thinks that he's a center and I don't, I don't think that he's a center yet. He's only a center if the jump shot doesn't work in my opinion.
1: Right. Hey, if you're getting 4.5 stocks a game, you can, you can shoot however the hell you want.
2: Oh yeah. No, he's, he's, he's really, really, really good. Really, really, really good. And those are two guys that are just, they're not really, they're not being talked about. But I can't imagine that NBA teams aren't talking about them. It's just the media.
1: Uh, Do you think there's a chance Paul Reed falls to our second pick at 55?
2: No way. No, no way. Um, Okay, I want to run through. If they do, every GM should be fired.
1: (laughs) I want to run through four guys who have been uh, connected with us at 55. Uh, Let me know if any one of them is of any interest to you.
2: Okay. I probably know not a single one because okay. I have not gone that deep.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't. Uh, okay. I'm just gonna read the names. Tell me if no, you if you know or think anything about them. One, Kenyon Martin Jr.
2: I'm, li- um, I'm listening at that. Like he's a wing.
1: He's a wing. Okay. He, I hear he's a wing.
2: He's not. He's not a forward like his dad was. He's shorter than his dad, but he's still athletic.
1: All right. Well, and, you know, we've got a we've got a Kenyan tradition in Brooklyn. I feel like with that with that namesake,
2: if you're ranked that low, there's a problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. All right. So the other three are Marcus Howard of Marquette. He's five foot eleven. Josh Hall. He's a high schooler and somehow is allowed to enter the draft. And a guy named Nate Hinton. Anything?
2: Marcus Howard is known as like a like a lighted up type of five foot 11 point guard, like Isaiah Thomas. Right. Like, but he's uh, just Carson so Rivers small that he's year. not
1: really getting. So so he, small. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 No, but he's, if he's at 55, I'll take him.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. What the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a spark club. I'm, I'm all in on mark James. When it comes to the draft, what you like, I like now. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: I've,
1: I've seen, uh, then, I've seen in all of my own personal opinions to you yes. regarding the draft. <laughs>
2: I appreciate that kind of trust. Yeah, really it's com-
1: it's complete faith in you as a draft <laughs> guru. Uh, Simon, <laughs> there's, any there's other one more
2: guy I want to talk about. Oh yeah,
1: I was gonna I was gonna ask, yeah. Anyone else? There's one more
2: guy I want to talk about that I have much higher than Kevin O'Connor has. Okay. Okay, I know that <laughs> I know that I've been talking about this man a lot, but it's just I just right. I, I couldn't disagree with him more. Um Obi Toppin. Oh yeah, people love Obi. I mean some Obi people love. Toppin. Yeah, but he was, the, he was the player of the year in basketball last year, in, in, in college last year. He was the best player. He led Dayton to a 29-2 record in college as their leading scorer and shot blocker, from my understanding. He is, in my opinion, the favorite for Rookie of the Year, without a doubt, without a doubt. He's going to come in, and he's immediately going to be the, one of the best pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop guys in the league on day one. Um and I think that if he was 19, he would be the one number one pick without a doubt. <laughs> right. He just <laughs> gets
1: knocked because he's like a senior or,
2: or no, he's exactly. only a sophomore. Yeah.
1: He's a sophomore, but
2: he is a sophomore, but he was, he's like a, he's a really 22. weird. 22 yeah, He's a really weird, like, like older red shirt. Did he take he a couple a gap year. years? I think he took a gap. I think he, he, he couldn't get a college. Um, So I think he, from my understanding, he's one of those guys who, who spot up, who shot up like height wise but when he was like 18. So I think if, if I remember correctly, he was like six, four, six, six when he was 18, shot up to six, nine, didn't get any college admissions. Um, like took a year off, went to a prep school, uh, then went to Dayton, uh, a bunch of weird things had, had a, had an off freshman year, but then he won, you know, Player of the year last year. And I think that if we had the, um, if we had a national tournament and, and he had the chance to do it on the big stage and to show everyone that he was, the best player in college basketball last year. None of these clowns would have him at number 11 like Kevin O'Connor does.
1: <laughs> so what, where, where is he <laughs> on yours?
2: He's number two. Number two? Holy shit. Where is, Online, where is
1: out of curiosity, where is old LaMelo fall? LaMelo I have at four. And Anthony Edwards? Five. Five. So who's three? Congo. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I Akongu, yeah. So you've got, yeah, a, a,
2: you're going bigs, top three. I am going bigs. I, I think that these guards are too risky. <laughs> I yeah. think Lamelo is such a risk. I can't. I could never justify taking the number one pick and using Lamelo and just having him flame out of the league. How, Same with Anthony. How good Yegley. do you think Lamelo and D'Lo
1: are going to be together?
2: Um, I. I mean, I actually. I I like Lamelo. Like I don't want to trash Lamelo. I just think that there's that there's safer picks. And with to have similarly high ceilings. Well, not similarly high, like the, the ceiling for Lamello is is absurdly high, but they also have high ceilings and I know that they're going to be NBA players. Lamelo, I don't know if he's going to be an NBA player. He might come into the league and, 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 you know, pull Alonzo and shoot 29% from three for three years and just just not be it. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. Um, okay. That was incredible. James, you have, you've have created out of thin air, the Bay Hive. And yeah. <laughs> for that, we are eternally, eternally grateful. Um, one final thing I want to do while we still have you, and this is, it's a little quiz for both you and Simon. Um, it's a segment that is near and dear to Simon and my heart. It's called Assistant Coach Corner. Um, can either of you name all eight Net's assistant coaches, right now. You can work together on this.
0: Together, okay. So, okay. Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh
2: huh. made it okay
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Royal Ivy. Royal Ivy's the new hire. Yep. Uh, I'm Harrington. Jacques Vaughn.
2: Jacques Vaughn. Okay, so we're at five, right? Yeah. You got three more. Uh, Amari Sodemeyer.
1: Yep. God. Uh, um, um, I'd say one of them is gettable, and the last one is such is, a deep cut.
0: Is Jordan Ott one of them? Yes, that's a deep cut. Oh. You got it.
1: Nice. <laughs> Jordan Ott. And then the last one is my favorite by far. Who?
0: Tiago uh, Split oh, I can't believe I got, <laughs> yeah, I got Jordan Ott, but I didn't get. You know? Yeah, Jordan, Jordan
1: Ott is the <laughs> deepest, deepest assistant coach cut you can possibly get. Uh, that's it's stacked, looking like I, Team USA. I don't now. I don't know how many <laughs> coaches, assistant coaches, are usually on a team. Is eight a normal number? I don't
2: think so. No, I don't know. I think it, I think it is. I okay. think because it, it, they have like, one of them is like the player development. One of them is the big man coach. One of them is the defensive offensive. Right. I, I think it's, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's star studded. It's seem... it star studded. I bet you had yeah. some practices. The, uh, the, uh, the assistant coach squad could probably beat this the second team on, on the nets
2: occasionally. They could probably beat the 2016 Nets. (laughs) Oh, they would crush the 2016 (laughs) Nets. Especially if you took all of them, their 2016 selves.
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, Amari Stoudemire would just dominate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on and doing the show. Of course. You, You completely blew it out of the water once again. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> this is an annual tradition. We have to keep up. Um and, and I can't wait till we can actually go to a game in Barclays and enjoy some, uh, some, you know, secreted in sippers uh, together, nippers yeah. together. <laughs>
2: yeah. One day. Hopefully. I mean, one
1: day. Maybe what, by, like, 2024.
2: Maybe. But you heard that the Warriors are trying to do um, – they're trying to rapid test every single fan. And yes. then do fifty capacity.
1: Yeah. A full capacity? 50%. 50%. Oh, 50%. 50%. Wow, that's that's incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, because they realized that they they'd lose more money without having fans than they would buying everyone a test.
1: <laughs> holy crap. I mean, I'd go to the yeah. game just to get a get a rapid test.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. I would go. I would absolutely go. I think they
1: they'd invite the block to a game if they actually let fans in. They definitely would. I think so. How, I, I, oh, hey, I, I think, how crappy was the, um, watching those games, um, as like the E fans or whatever we were in the stands.
2: Oh yeah. That was, that was, that was rough. Cause I didn't, I didn't see myself once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And the game is just like the, the stream was so bad. It was just, it was not a good mm-hmm. experience. Um, Okay, I got to sign time. off of this podcast. Thank you again for Absolutely. coming. Um, you can stay on the line for a sec. Uh, but we will go ahead and uh,
2: see you next time. A bonus, bonus,
1: bonus, 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 bonus track. Uh, We (laughs) wanted to uh, just pop on real quick. Simon, what did did we want to do?
0: Just talk about broad strokes, what we think is going to happen, because we we are recording this on the eve of the trade deadline, or trade moratorium lifting on Monday, the draft uh, on Wednesday, and free agency on Friday. So the next time that we record... All of those things will have started, and I suspect that quite a lot of activity will have happened. Um, So on the eve of that, I just sort of wanted to uh, touch base on what we think is going to happen. We can compare that to uh, reality next week.
1: Okay. Um, What nets do you think aren't going to be on the team?
0: I think that Spencer Dinwiddie is not going to be on the team, and I think that... Jared Allen may not be on on the team, and I think Torian Prince will not be on the team.
1: I agree with all three of those, and I would add John and Musa.
0: Ah, sure, okay,
1: okay, okay. So we're and then um, draft picks. Are we drafting anyone in this year's draft? Uh,
0: I think we will. We will be picking up our pick fifty-five, and and maybe uh, yeah, um, getting. I don't know. It's not worth talking about. We just said a whole thing on this. Yeah. Uh, we have no idea. Um, and then I would just say my other broad stroke is um, I think that we will be picking up players that are um, defensive minded and three point shooting minded, and uh, hopefully some wings. Um, I, I do think we'll need some, you know, guard. You know, like if, if we if we ended up getting. Um, Pat Beverly or something that totally makes sense, but um I think we need wings. And then my last thing is that I hope at least one, maybe two, maybe more players are not just good at defense, but are uh, have that goon mentality I've been uh, jonesing for for several years.
1: Okay, so name one person you think who is not on the Nets right now who will be on the
0: Nets. I think Pat Beverly is coming to the Nets. Pat I, I do. All right, yeah. I
1: I think Eric Bledsoe is coming to the Nets. Ooh, interesting. <clears throat> okay. Just... Uh, check back in next time to see if we know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs>